eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, May 15th, and we are here trying to help you navigate your life and your life's finances. I sort of am moving into this idea that we are really talking to people about your, you know, your real life. I, I want to make sure that everybody understands this isn't just about money. This program is about listening to what you want to do in your life and figuring out how your money fits in. It just so happens that I can't really say Jill on life because, uh, frankly, that's not really my expertise. The money stuff is more of my expertise. But the more we talk to you, we, me and producer Mark, the more we realize that the program covers so many larger issues that have financial implications. It is about your real life. And if you would like to join us to talk about some of the things going on in your real life and how your money can help you achieve a goal or do something different or just make sure that your money doesn't run out and doing the, what you're doing, give us a holler. JillOnMoney.com is the website. Click on the Contact Us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. While you're on the website, don't forget you can subscribe to our new service. It's called Jill on Money Live. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars and more special content. And we keep coming up with that special content. So uh, stay tuned. Our next webinar is at the end of June, Dave Stahovia, Coaching for Leaders. We got a lot of leaders in this audience, so I know you're going to love that. All right. Today, we are talking to Chris, who's on the line from Northern California. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jill. Hi, Mark. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate of it. Of course. Tell us what's going on. How can we help you out? So um, my wife and I are here in California, Bay Area, and we have 23-year-old special needs twins. And I'm pretty confident that we've saved enough for us to retire, but just uh, worried about them going forward. All our families in Toronto, Ontario, and eventually we're going to have to make the move back up there just to get them closer to family. And um, I just want to see my head's always spinning on whether we'll have enough and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. 
I think our first question, Jill, is is Chris enjoying the meltdown by the Maple Leafs? I am not enjoying that. I, I have to just say that I was going to ask about it, but I was trying to figure out whether I needed this to do this to a man who just laid out that situation. So are you a hockey fan, Chris? I'm a huge hockey fan, also a Warrior fan, and uh, neither of those are going very well for me at the moment. What is up with Toronto? You know, you you stole John Tavares from my team, the Islanders. The Islanders, we did. Crowing like crazy, and uh, blah blah blah. So you got out of the first round, first time in nineteen years or something. Nineteen years, yeah, yeah. Now they just completely, uh, you know, lay a dud. I mean, what's going on? I'm just so sad every year. In fact, coach, last- should the coach get fired? Well, if they got, if they would have lost in the first round, guaranteed everybody was gone. Now that they got out of the first round, I don't know. I think they'll probably likely keep him around and and keep going, but. That's like a minor victory for them. Exactly. All right. So let's get back to you. So, Chris, how old are you? I'm 51. Wife? 54. Okay. And you're both working? Both working. How much do you guys earn together? So uh, my wife, uh, she earns her base salary, 220000 She also gets a pretty consistent bonus of 60000 a year. Um, she also gets uh, restricted stock options of around $55,000 a year. Myself, uh, so for the first 21 years of my daughter's life, I was a stay-at-home dad, taking care of them. And um, then my wife started working remotely from home. So that freed me up to go back to the workforce. So I started a couple years ago and I'm making 60,000 a year. Wow, that's kind of interesting. What an, inter- what an interesting opportunity you guys found yourselves in. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. How much money have you guys saved? You said you, you you said I'm pretty sure we got enough saved for ourselves. So let's talk about what you've accumulated. Okay, so we have a brokerage account. It's uh, one million three hundred seventy-five thousand. Okay, that's Vest, great. And that that's all vested. Non-vested, one hundred twenty-five. Got it. Then we have a four hundred one k, one point three million. And then my wife has a retirement plan from. The company, but they she no longer puts into it. They kind of canceled it, so now she has the you know the payoff for when they retire. It's whatever she accumulated to that point when they stopped it. Okay, so this is like a an old pension converted to a cash balance plan. Exactly. Okay, got it. Do you know how much money is in there? About I do. So we did the we did the quick math on it um, the other day, and the lump sum, if she works until she's sixty, is four hundred and sixty five k. I'm assuming with the situation I'm in, we would do the lump sum mm-hmm. we can also do the annuity. But if something were to happen and then, you know, that money wouldn't be there for our daughters, right? So. Yeah, we don't want that. Definitely not. And what about you? Do you have money in retirement? Were you making spousal contributions? Uh, no. So me personally, I just started the 401k since, you know, since I started this position. So mm-hmm. I have about 6000 in there. And then we also have 6500 in um, a little Canadian mutual fund. Wait a second. Just so I understand this, you moved back to Canada. You're a Canadian. Like, what's the, you have dual citizenship? We all have dual citizenship. So uh, my wife and I were Canadian, moved here to America, got our citizenship. Our daughters were born here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got them Canadian citizenship as well. Okay. So you, if you guys move... Is there any event with, with the, for the taxation is what I'm just trying to understand. Like 
let's say you moved and you have this brokerage account. It's in it, but you're now living in Canada. Is there a more severe tax event that occurs with the money that has been saved in U.S. institutions? So yeah, that's really. I've been trying to figure all that out. So I did talk to a gentleman from Canada. He said no because we have you know pretty favorable tax laws and everything between Canada and the U.S. Okay. So that should all be fine. Um, okay. So I wouldn't have to pay like double tax here and then tax there. We did own a home at one point in Canada, so it was always just pay tax in one country. So I think yeah. it would go like Oof. that. Pain in the neck, right? You own your home right now? So we own a home, correct? How much is that worth? Guess. Um, guesstimate, uh, $1 million. Okay. Is there a um, mortgage on, outstanding on it? Outstanding mortgage, five hundred and forty k. Interest rate? 35 30 year? 30 year. Great. Okay. Um, also on a, a vacation home, a property. Hello. You've just become a much more attractive couple to me. Um, how much is the vacation home worth? So we own it with a another couple, but our share is $200,000. We owe 60K on that. 30 year mortgage as well, also at 3.5. You own it with another couple. Is that like a related couple or just uh, friends? Yeah, just friends. Really? And how has that worked out for you guys? It's gone. It's gone good. Yeah, no problem. Really? Okay. I'm intrigued by it. There's always, you know, there's always a little Thanks. problem here and there, but for the but for the most part, yeah, it's been fine. Okay. Very cool. Um, so we so- al- we also rent that with Airbnb when we're not using it. Mm-hmm. So our share on that probably generates around 10k a year. It's kind of like flush money for vacations and stuff. Is the but it, you're not going to sell that. That's something you'll keep even if you move to Canada or will they buy you out? So I'm open to everything. Yeah, we could they could buy us out obviously or yeah, we just have to sell the whole place. Do they know about this as a potential? Yeah, yeah, that oh, yeah, okay. they know they, they know eventually that we have okay. to get back to Canada. Yeah. Okay. They're aware. Okay. So how how quickly will this game plan be enacted? What's your guess? At least five years, probably, maybe work here till we're 60, maybe a bit less to kind of get all our ducks in a row and then move. Tell us about the the twins. Do they need a lot of assistance? Are they are they going to be, will they be always with you? Is And also, is there yeah, a special yeah. needs trust that you've already established? Yeah, so we've um, done the special needs trust. Our, um, we have in our state, we have all that um, in place. Um, so their diagnosis, um, they're identical girls, moderate intellectual disabled is kind of like what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, you know, yeah, they're always going to need some sort of assistance. They're, they're going to be living with us for foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they'll need some, you know, some assisted living, some sort of, you know, some sort of help. But they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're pretty high functioning. Like, you know, they, they get up, they go into their adult program every day. They work in the community, volunteer, that sort of thing. Okay. I got it. And when you go to to Canada, what's the situation in terms of, um, you know, we have social security, but then are are you, you're not going to claim, like, what's going to happen? I have to just try to figure this out. You will be entitled to social security if you stick around the U.S. But uh, what happens if you move? Yeah. So we would get the social security from our U.S. social security. We would still qualify for that. Yeah. So I'm assuming everything would be under the same umbrella, like as of right now, my wife's social security, and then I would get half unless by the time, you know, unless I accumulate enough credit by the time we move back. What's her social security benefit at her full retirement age at 67? 
it would be 36.52. Do you have ongoing costs that you need to allocate from this income that you're earning? So let's see, 280, three, whatever, let's say 350-ish. Of that income, you know, you're putting money away into retirement. Obviously, you've accumulated a bunch of money in brokerage, but is there money that you spend out of pocket for the twins? Is there, you know, just an no. ongoing stuff or not? It's basically like any children that would live with you, right? You have those added expenses, but they, you know, since they were 18, they do collect their FFI, which, mm-hmm. you know, isn't a whole lot, but it, it helps. Each one of them mm-hmm. gets $825 a month, basically. All right. So there's 1600 a month there. What do you think you need in terms of retirement income? Like you have saved a lot of money um, and you will, you know, you will have some social security for yourself, the kids and, you know, all that does obviously add up. So what do you think you need? So I'm thinking just because we save so much at the moment, you know, in retirement, obviously we wouldn't be doing that. So I I mean, I want to go on the high end, I'm thinking, because I don't want to, you know, leave it short. So 12,000 a month. Okay. I mean, just the social security benefit in the future, and I'm adding the kids plus yours. It's like seven grand a month ish. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. So we need five grand. So you, you do agree with me on that, on the retirement because the annuity, if I were to take that. Oh, totally. No, no, you have to take it. You have to cash that. Yeah, you have to. Absolutely. So that is, that's an easy one. So now that's, you know, one seven one eight in your wife's, you know, stuff, 1.8. And then you've got this 1.4, 1.34, and you're going to still accumulate. So three, I, I think you're, uh, I feel set. I feel good. You can do this. Um, this is a complete back of the envelope calculation subject to change based on your Canadian fact finding. But where I look at you right now, you know, five years to go or three years, let's say three years, right? For three years, you can sock away a lot of money, and um, I'm almost like less interested in how much money you're putting in your 401k and more in your brokerage, frankly, just because I want to make sure you guys have access to your money. If you look at it and you got three, three million, three and a half million now, you will probably have, let's say, worst case in three years, the market sucks and you get like four million. That's all you have. Okay. That four million is going to easily generate your five grand a month. That's 60 grand. It's not a problem. The only thing that has to really get buttoned up on this, you've really taken care of, which is the special needs trust. But um, we need to figure out what is the social security disability benefit when it comes to your kids in Canada. And I guess the other piece of this is, I'll ask the dumb American question, but given where you think you're going to live in Canada you're going to have house proceeds. Do we think you're going to have to have a, a million dollars? Are you going to have to spend any of the cash on hand to actually have a bigger house? Right. Or a more so, expensive, I should say. Yeah. The greater Toronto area has, has absolutely, you know, gone bananas as, as well. I think it's like the highest housing market in all of North America, but oh, I would, cool. you know, I'm, I'm also not living right in Toronto. Right. So we grew up East of Toronto, which is also pretty expensive, but, you know, I'm hoping that I can find something close to family, but not right on top of family, just outside something, you know, a little cheaper is what we're hoping. A little small town feel like we have yeah. now. Okay. But I mean, do you think it'd be more than a million? 
No, I'm thinking it's probably, um, yeah, probably pretty similar. I would. Let's I would just guess. say million. Hopefully little- yeah, and and hopefully you don't have to sell the vacation home because, you know, maybe the thing that I would be very after you. Okay, number one, most important, you can do this. You're you're you have enough money for your needs and for your kids' needs, so that's number one. Number two, you need to do some more investigation about like, well, what is do we need to be really aware of any other rules? In Canada, specifically, what is the rule around having Social Security disability income, whether that can continue or not? Does Canada have a different system that's better, worse, just to understand it? In the real estate decision, I almost feel like it's a weird thing, Chris. I would say that it's probably a more important decision about the timing of this move is less about how much money you have saved and where interest rates are. Because, you know, if it's Two years from now or three years from now, and there's, you know, the interest rates have gone down dramatically and you have a chance to make a move and lock in a mortgage at a lower rate, I pull the trigger sooner rather than later. Conversely, if rates are still really high and it's, you know, in your third, three and a half, fourth year, then we might make a different decision and say like, well, maybe we'll do one more year here. And you you really should be aware of like the housing market there. And an the trade off that, yeah, and the trade off you would have to make. Cause don't you really want to keep the vacation home? I'd hate to have to sell that, like, oh, and absolutely. blow yeah, that I'd up. Yep. I don't think that you're going to need to. I really don't. And I think that you really have done a, an amazing job. There's, there's not a lot of choices in terms of like, of things to like decision points. That's what I would say. So when you said you had 1.375 in the brokerage account, that's not all the company stock. You've diversified that, have you or not? No. So yeah, this is, yeah. Did you want to get into that? And like, uh-huh. do, I, do I continue, do I continue investing at this rate too? Like putting in as much as we are? Well, first I, of all, are you telling me that there's a million bucks in this one company stock? I am telling you now it's a, I don't, now you're coming uh-huh. clean. I'm concerned no, about was, that. I, I'm concerned as well. I've always been concerned, but getting out of it and it's, it's a big company. One that I may have any, heard of. Yeah, for sure. hundred okay. percent. It's not going yeah. anywhere anytime soon. It's not Enron, but, um, that's what they yeah, said yeah, about, I mean, about, that's what they said uh, about Enron before no, no, Enron no, no. became I, Enron. I a hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent. But, um, yeah, I just, well, I just don't know how to get out of it with not getting like the hammered. huge tactics. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. So, you know, listen, you, if you sell the stock now, you are going to be in the, let's call it, uh, this sounds crazy, but it's 18.8% capital gains rate. Okay. You get why that is? Because it's the 15% capital gains rate, but because you make more than 250 grand, you're subject to an extra 3.8%. The married filing jointly 15% bracket goes up to 553,000. So again, your income plus the vesting of the RSUs, one third, one third, one third, really does put you solidly into 15%. You do make more than 250. So you get 18.8, but big deal. Like you're going to have to diversify this. I don't know why, you know, so I would start to the, at least get your heads around the idea that, you know what, maybe you just have to do like a hundred grand a year for the next few years and just start somewhere. And then you know, put that in a, just 
T-bills or something, or we're doing, am I putting wow, in, why? In an index are fund? you are you are you telling me that the whole world's coming to an end? Because that's a no. T-bill kind of trade. No, no, no I think I'm, that I, you no, would... I just I just know that you know you're we can't afford to lose it with the daughter's situation. And well, yeah, I yeah. mean, but you can't afford to lose it, but I still have to make money for you, right? So, I mean, in the beginning, if you want to just have some T-bills because you have so much risk, I'm cool with that. But eventually, if I had the 1.375 right now in cash, I would say you need a diversified portfolio. You know, you need some cash or cash equivalents like T-bills, some bonds, some stocks, maybe a little commodity slash real estate exposure, you know, maybe not this second, but, you know, something. And uh, and call it a day. I guess the last question I have, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just know that I have to diversify that money. I just don't know. I didn't know if that was the right thing to do, taking that huge tax hit. But I guess the last question I have is, is do I continue to sock away all this money that we're putting away every month? It just seems like I'm putting so much away. It feels like I'm always broke, even though I know that. Well, I wouldn't do that. I mean, you guys have really worked hard. So number one is I would be socking away money, but not in a way that's killing yourselves. Maybe what you start to do is you say, I'm going to throw some money into my brokerage account. You don't have to kill yourself on like even your own retirement account. Honestly, Chris, I wouldn't necessarily even use your retirement account. Use the match up to the match. Fine. Yeah, they don't even have a match. So I was thinking but, about just canceling that one. Yeah. And then just add it to the brokerage account and start putting some money in exchange traded funds or, or index funds and start building your allocation with that money. But don't go crazy. The savings that you guys are doing already is great. It's terrible to be someone who's making three or four hundred thousand dollars a year and being like, I feel tight. You don't need to feel tight. I think you're really in good shape. If you, like Chris and his wife, have a very unique situation, it's so great when you come on the show with us live. If you want to do that, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, let us know that little box. I want to come on the air, sign up for the free weekly newsletter, buy the book, subscribe to the new service, Jill on Money Live. And of course, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.